Good morning, and thank you. Thank you to our band. Let's hear it again for Fathers Are Us. I'm not a jokester, but I gotta guess I gotta keep up with the, uh, the shtick of, you know, the, the naming the band every week. So, welcome. Happy Father's Day to all our dads out there. A big, you know, happy Father's Day to you. And to those that are watching online, happy Father's Day. Um, happy summer solstice as well. So dads, you have a little extra time to make sure you get done this honeydew list today. You know, we know that they're long. So take that extra time as you're, you know, uh, enjoying the extra you know, hour or half hour tonight to enjoy that. But every day is shorter from here on out. So, you know, live it up today. So if you've been with us the last several weeks, um, we just finished a series entitled Plain Hurt. Um, and I would highly encourage you to take the time to go back and listen to those five sermons. Uh, Corey Brown brought, brought the first one, um, and then Josh brought his, his last four. So, you know, really uh, a great series that I would encourage you to listen to. Uh, and there's a lot of great resources on there. So hopeccdelco.com for those that may be watching online. Uh, if you're just wondering about our church, who are we? What do we stand for? There's lots of, of information there. I'd en- encourage you to do that. So as you're aware, Pastor Josh is leaving on his sabbatical. Got about, what, 13 hours, roughly. So before he bolts out that door, make sure you buy... No, I'm just kidding. Um, but certainly we want to wish he and the whole entire Schaefer family um, all the best on, on this time as, they, as he heads off, as they head off um, for this time of healing, of rest, of re- rejuvenation. And, and we know that we'll be you know, lifting up all of our other guest preachers. I see a few of them scattered amongst here this morning. Um, throughout the summer. So we're really excited about what everyone has to share this summer. So when Josh asked me back in January if I'd be interested in preaching, I said, I think so. Uh, it's been a few years since I've had the opportunity to be up here in front of you, and certainly never in, in this uh, format. The last time I had the opportunity was across the street in the Barnstormers. Um, but, you know, every time I have an opportunity to get up here, I know that the Lord will, you know, lay something upon me that I can, you know, bring to our congregation. So I'm grateful to have this opportunity this morning. Those that don't know me, I think most people do, those that don't, um, Josh Peterkin, not to be confused, actually Joshua Peterkin, not to be confused with Pastor Josh Schaefer, um, and my family and I have been a part of this church since its inception, really since before its inception. Um, so, you know, we were a small group gathering in our house as Josh was getting ready to plant this church. We were a part of the group that, that met at the Wyndham Garden for six, seven months or whatever it was years ago. Um, I've had the privilege of being our church's treasurer for eight plus years. Um, I've been a part of our men's ministry, both as a participant and, you know, this past uh, winter and spring had the opportunity to kind of just facilitate our group, um, which was a great opportunity to meet some new men that came in and things like that. So, you know, certainly, um, you know, I'm very involved in this church. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be married to my best friend, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Um, and I have three beautiful children, Owen heading into his sophomore year, Charlotte heading into her eighth grade year, can't believe that, and Eliza heading into fourth grade. So, you know, um, I'm you know, grateful to have this opportunity on Father's Day to be up here speaking. So beyond all of that, I'm just like the rest of you. I'm broken. I'm a sinner. I'm in need of God's love. I'm in need of God's forgiveness and his salvation. And as husbands and fathers... We are called to be the strong leaders of our family. Um, It's very different than what the world says, right? The world, you know, kind of makes fathers out to be the buffoons. We think of, you know, the Homer Simpsons and the, I forget what his name was, from Married with Children and things like that. But, you know, we're always made out to be the buffoons. Yet the Bible, you know, holds us up to this level of, 
hey, you are to protect your family. You're to care for your family. And that's, that's a tall order to fill. So I want to make sure that I, you know, get this home today because it's not just for our fathers. It's for everyone here. But I am speaking to our fathers. I am speaking to those husbands out there. Um, you know, we live in a world full of distractions and temptations, you know, and it's very easy to get lost. So, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, what God laid on my heart that I, I bring you this morning. So um, those that know me love, know that I enjoy going out and running. Uh, maybe enjoy is not the best word, um, but I do enjoy getting out and exercising because I know it has not only the physical benefits, but the emotional, the mental benefits uh, of what that does for our bodies, right? That healing that it can bring. Um, and I've actually been running since Boy, six or seven years old. I think I, that was the first team sport I participated in. I was actually a club team that met over in Upper Darby somewhere. Um, so I, I, you know, my dad knew the coach. Um, so I've been, you know, running since I was, you know, well, I guess I was probably like this at six and seven. I'm pretty tall. Um, but, you know, I was out running a few weeks ago and, you know, God laid something on my heart that was a little profound. I, I wasn't ready for it. I was kind of running things through in my head, getting ready for the sermon, thinking about it, thinking about what's going on at work, what's going on at home, this and that. And right in the middle of the run, like, all of a sudden, I, I got extra tired. I'm like, oh, what is this all about? Right? And if you've, ever, if you've ever been exercising, it doesn't have to be on a run. I know not everyone likes to run, but even walking, whatever it is, you know when you get tired, what happens, right? You start to breathe heavier. Oh, what's going on? Why am I so tired? Why am I fatigued? But not only that, you know, nor- normally, you know, that stride that you're running with, it starts to slow down, right? It's, the, the stride shortens, and then you start to slow down. And I'm like, oh, what's, what's going on here? I don't know what's going on. And, and, and as, as I thought about it, the Lord said to me, get your eyes up. And I noticed, head was down right? So as your head's down, what are you seeing? Well, I can see where I'm going. I can see there's steps here. I can see there's a table in front, but I can't see any of you, right? And he said to me, get your head up. And I started to think about that. I was like, oh, you know, that's what happens. We just got done, as I said, this, this series on playing hurt, and one of them was on being tired, right? What happens when we get tired, when our body fatigues, all right? Our bodies are created in such a way that naturally, it does certain things. In this case, my head went down. My head goes down, my stride shortened, and I got slower, right? And it all became a mental thing. And so now I was picking my head up, trying to get my head up. All right, what is this? Why? Right? And with my head up, I can see the big picture. I can see what's ahead of me. And this is what we need to see, right? We need to see not just the next couple steps. We need to see the bigger picture, right? And that's what God was telling me. So, it's not just about, you know, and, and so, and, and it, I'm sorry, and so as Christians, we're told in the scripture, right, we have a very real enemy in this world, and if our head is down, we're not going to see that he's looking after us, that he's trying to tempt us. In 1 Peter 5, 8, we are told to be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Wow, pretty vivid language. Pretty vivid, pretty vivid language. Circle back to our enemy in a little bit, but just know that we have an enemy, and he is out there looking to devour us. Right? And so if our head is down, when we get tired, if our head is down, we're not going to see the big picture. We're not ready for the attack. 
I can tell you this whole week, <laughs> I felt under attack. All right, I really don't, I didn't think that I was going to be up here at some, at some points this past week. Some of you know, if you're on our, if you receive our prayer, um, our, our emails about prayer, and thank you for your prayers, those that receive them. Um, you know, I figured out that I had Lyme, uh, Lyme disease this past Monday, and felt really fatigued, felt really down and out for a couple days, got my medicine, got my antibiotics started on Tuesday, felt much better by Thursday, so praise the Lord, but I, I really felt under attack. I really felt, yes, thank you. I really felt like, you know, our enemy did not want me to up here today. He did not want me preaching to you about what I had to say, right? And it wasn't just my, my physical fatigue, you know, you know, finishing school, finishing work, kids finishing school, you know, one of our kids, you know, dealing with her anxiety again and things like that. Lots of stuff going on, right? And I literally, even, even though I wasn't feeling great, I remember the one night I called my family and I said, hey, we need to stop and pray because the enemy is after us right now. So we did, stopped and prayed. And that's what it is, you know, leading as a, as a father, right? Being out there. <clears throat> so let's go back to this idea of running. I know I had that, that imagery a little bit head down, but we want those eyes up. Um, several references in the New Testament to running that race. In Acts 20, 24, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. In 1 Corinthians 9:24, do you know that a race did you, do you know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. In Hebrews 12:1, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Each of us has a different race ahead of us, but it's all going to the same place. Okay? And in 2 Timothy 4:7, I have fought the good fight I've finished the race. I have kept the faith. Isn't that really our goal? Aren't we supposed to finish the race set before us? Josh last week talked about, uh, in his final message, he talked about God's desire to see all of us saved. Right? So we need to be running that race so that not only are we saved, but so that those around us can see his love and that hopefully they are one day saved as well. So how do we accomplish this goal of finishing the race? What do we need to do? Is it merely about just lifting our eyes up? Yeah, that's a big part of it, right? Got to be able to see what's out there, right? But we also have to be equipped. We have to be equipped for the attacks that are certain to come. I talked earlier about an enemy. There is an enemy. And we must continue to put on that armor of God that Paul describes for us in Ephesians. So as you, as you can see, and if you can bring up the picture... <coughs> There we are. That's myself. I'm in the red. That's my brother, Justin. This is from uh, Christmas 1985, and I've been armoring up since 1985, right? There you go. So we, we've, got our, we've got our breastplate, we've got our shield, we've got our sword, and, and we look like we're a Praetorian guard here, right? We are ready. All right, thanks, guys. Um, you know, we're probably ready to battle each other more than anything, but, you know, um, but I, and thank you for my brother for me to show that photo. Um, so Kate read this passage earlier, but I'd like to take a look at it again. So in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 13, Paul talks to us, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place 
and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This idea of putting on armor, probably foreign to us, right? I mean, I don't see anybody armored up, right? I mean, unless you're a part of the Renaissance Fair, like, anybody, anybody, is that still a thing? I guess it is. Anybody? I've, I've never been. Anybody been to the Renaissance Fair? A couple people? All right. So unless you're at the Renaissance Fair, you armor up there, right? I guess we could, you know, we could talk about how, you know, in this day and age, you know, our military, our police, our firefighters, right? They do armor up to an extent, right? It's not the same kind of armor that Paul's talking about here and that we saw in that picture, right? But it's certainly armor that is life-saving. There is an idea of putting on that armor. Even if you go into your job, right? All of us armor up to some extent. Maybe you put on a certain kind of uniform. Maybe you put on a suit and a tie. Who knows what it is? Maybe you're, that's the way you're armoring up in that, in, that, in that moment. And of course, if you're a superhero vigilante or a superhero uh, vigilante who dresses like a bat and fights criminals at night, you got your bat suit on, right? So in that case, you are definitely armored up. Uh, for those that don't know at home, you know, our pastor is a big supporter of Batman. Um, all right. But what Paul is describing here is not something physical that we're literally putting on, right? We're not literally going every day and putting on a belt of truth and a breastplate and carrying our sword and our shield and putting on the, you know, we're not doing that. But he is giving us this imagery and it's important for us to understand why, right? So why, why armor? Why, Paul? <laughs> What's this about? Well, think about it. Back in the day, who was the, who was the superpower of the world? Rome, right? Paul was a Roman citizen. He spent time in Roman jails. In fact, we know that when he wrote this book to the people in Ephesus, he was in one of his several stints in a Roman prison. Could have potentially been the one before he you know, was led away and executed. Right? But we do know that he was in prison. And he's surrounded by these, these soldiers. So he's seen firsthand all right, soldiers in their armor. He understands what it does. Right? He understands that they obey orders without question. Right? So this is imagery that he looked at and said, you know, I can use this. This is, this is powerful stuff. Right? Let's talk about this. Because our enemy is not you know, <laughs> you know, flesh and blood, as he says. If we look back a few verses, in fact, from before, uh, actually, in, in verse 13, Paul uses the word, therefore. Right? He starts off, therefore, put on the full armor of God. That word, therefore, can be translated meaning, for that reason. For what reason? For what reason do we need to put this on? If we go back to verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Wow. Pretty evident, right? We have an enemy. 
And then he goes to verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground. Can there be any doubt that we're in a spiritual battle? You know, we believe in the Scripture. We believe in what the Word says. Okay? So, you know, I firmly believe that we're in a spiritual battle. And what do we do? Are we instructed to take up man's armor? Are we supposed to put on that armor? Do we put on our bat suit? All right? Maybe you're a Marvel fan. Maybe you want to pick up Cap's shield or you want to be in an Iron Man suit. That'd be really cool. But no. Right? God here is telling us, put on my armor. Put on the armor of God. So let's take a minute and let's look at each piece individually. So he starts with the belt of truth. The belt of truth is buckled around our waist, right? Think about this. This is our core, right? You hear so much nowadays about, hey, strengthen your core. Everything comes from your core. Well, we're putting on that truth, all right? That integrity, right? One translation of the Bible says to gird your loins. Kind of a weird thing. I don't, I don't know if we talk like girding our loins anymore, but, right, protecting that core, right? Truth holds everything together. And it shows a person's integrity. Are you truthful? Do you do what you say you will do? At your core, are you honest? Are you putting on that belt of truth? The breastplate of righteousness. Right? It's big, but what was it really intended to protect? Yeah, all the core organs, but the heart. Right? Protect our heart. We need to remain righteous in what we say, how we speak, what we watch and listen to, and even what we eat. Right? Not always easy, but, you know, protecting that heart. All of these small habits can become gateways to our heart, and our breastplate is there to protect them from our enemy Satan. Our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel. Another translation says to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's a cool word, shod. Shod your feet. This one's not quite as obvious, right? Sometimes you think about, oh, all right, like I understand like protecting my heart. I understand protecting my core. I can understand having a, a shield. I can understand protecting my head. Like, what do I need like protect my feet for? Well, how are you going to fight? <laughs> if you don't protect, you know, your, your feet, how are you going to stand firm? Right? We've got to be able to stand firm. Right? So we need to protect our legs so we can stand firm. The gospel provides our lives with support and stability. It tells us what's there. It tells us what to expect. Right? So we can be stable. Take up the shield of faith. Paul's very specific here. That the shield is used to defend against the flaming arrows of the evil one. His lies his assaults, right? He's going to try and come after us. And that's that one, that's that defense. Get it up, right? And, and we're in community. Think about it. Think about the Roman guard. You've, you've seen the movies where they all hold their shields up and they line up and it's an impenetrable force. It's a wall, right? Just think about that, right? Our community here. What can we do when we're all guarded, guarding each other, right? <clears throat> We have to remain faithful to Christ and to our families and to one another. Put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet's to guard our minds and our thoughts 
Small little thoughts can grow if they're left unchecked. I don't remember what, certain, you know, what message it was recently, but I feel like there was one in the spring, right? Those little thoughts, right? If we let them kind of eat away at us, they'll eat away forever, and Satan will use that. Put that helmet on, right? Understand that if we have received Christ, if we are saved, okay, then we should be guarding what we watch and what we listen to. You know, my wife reminded me last night of a little song that I remember from a childhood. Maybe some of you know it. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's more to that, but be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little heart, whom you trust. Be careful, little mind, what you think. If we just follow those simple rules and those simple reminders, life would be a whole lot easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, that's all the stuff that's to protect us. And then what does he finish with? Is he done? No. Right? Take up. Take up your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the only offensive weapon that, you know, that, that Paul puts in here. Because right? Paul's not saying you have to be on the defensive all the time. Yeah, we have to defend but we also have to be ready to be on the offensive. If you remember, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness himself. Satan, three times, tempted him. Hey, you're hungry. Call down your angels. They'll feed you. They'll bring you water. Jump off this cliff. You won't die. Angels will help you. Satan tempted our Lord, Satan tempted our Lord and Savior when he was weak, when he was tired. And what did Jesus do? He resisted that temptation. How? Through the Word. Through spoken Word. Through Scripture. Right? He knew what to say and when to say it. And we need to do the same. We're certainly not Christ. We're never going to be. Right? But we've got to be in the Word. We've got to know the Word well enough so that when we feel those attacks, right, we can be on the offensive as well. Defend and then get on the offensive. Get Satan out of the way. So those are the elements that Paul talks about. So which ones do you need? You just want to shod your feet? Maybe you like the sword, and you're like, I just want the sword. That's cool. It doesn't work that way, right? You need them all. You need them all. Can you imagine one of, a, one of Roman soldiers like going into battle without like their shield or their breastplate, right? Well, first of all, they'd probably be executed for subordination, Right? Because that's how, how things were, right? You just did not go into battle without your proper equipment. Right? They knew that. And we need to know that too. So the same can be said of our spiritual battle. If we're only putting on some of that armor, we are not ready for the attack that's sure to come. And maybe you're sitting there saying, I've never been attacked. Okay. All right? I felt the same way. You know, I spoke earlier about how it's been several years since I last stood up here and had the opportunity to share with our family. Four years, to be in fact. A little over four years. The truth is, I was off of the path ahead. I was not fully armored up. And I stepped outside of God's boundaries. And as we read earlier in 1 Peter, our enemy is seeking for someone to devour. That seeking word is an active word. Seeking to devour. Right? He is looking to derail us. 
And most importantly, I, I believe it with my heart, he doesn't spend his time on non-believers. What does he care, <laughs> right? You're already falling away from them. They're not following Christ. Who does he want? He wants the people that are following Christ. He wants us. He wants us. How many times have we read in the news about a church leader who's fallen for some, whatever it was? Right? It's a big story, a big scandal. Well, that person's no different than us. Right? No different than anyone else in this world. We're all sinners. We're all fallen. But because it's a church leader, they're held to a higher standard, right? They're perfect. And as Christians, we're held to a higher standard. We're perfect. So when, when the enemy can get one of us to fall, he loves it. Loves it. We can't give him that. Can't give him that. And that's what happened to me. I lost my way. I allowed pride in my job to become much bigger than it ever should have been. Took my eyes off of things, right? Didn't armor up. And, you know, and, and fell. And over the last several years, I've had many opportunities to reflect on my choices. And it's clear to me that my eventual mistake started years previous and was a result of not armoring up and making small little compromises all along the way. Little thing here, little thing there, right? Careful little eyes what you watch. Careful little ears what you hear. All those little things, they add up. And eventually, Satan waited for that exact right moment. He knew. Time's right. And I wasn't ready. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story, right? Thankfully, we serve a loving, merciful Lord who forgives and helps us back on the right path. And I am proud to stand here before you and say that, you know, I have my armor on. And I'm on that road less traveled. I'm grateful to the many people in my life. Family, friends, church members, co-workers, right? Many people who've been along this entire path of redemption for me. Because it's certainly not by my own strength that I'd be here today, but by Christ. Maybe your story has a similar chapter. And notice I say chapter, right? Because that's all it is. All of our story is, is just chapters, right? And we can have those bad chapters and we need to turn the page and have the opportunity to let Christ wash over us anew and help us to repent and return. But maybe, you know, you took your eyes off the prize. Maybe you got tired and that head went down. Maybe you weren't armored up. It's never too late. It's never too late to get off that road to destruction. While running this race before us, we need to get our eyes up and scan ahead. So how do we do that? As Matthew 7, 13, 14 states, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to heaven? No. Broad is the gate and, and wide, sorry, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Destruction. It's wide. Why? Because when we're tired, our head's down. 
and we don't see the little trail. Oh, this is the one that God wants me on. It's over here. No, we can just see those couple steps. I can just see, oh, yep, I'm still on the trail. Destruction. Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. A few. It's a scary thought. We need to be prepared and we need to be alert. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves on that road which leads to destruction. And you just never know. You wake up and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? How did I get here? It's never too late to get off that road, to get on the road less traveled. And how do we get there and stay there? Well, Pastor Josh has preached many sermons over the years on the importance of being in community, being in times like this. It's extremely important. It's countercultural. It really is. Not only being in community, but being in prayer and being in the Word. So while many of our small groups have hit pause for the summer, I'd encourage you to consider you know, joining you know, us this fall when things kind of get started back up. Lots of opportunities for small groups. All right, from our youth all the way up to adults, young adults, men's, women's. You know, maybe we'll have some crossover events. Who knows, right? We can get a little crazy. Um, but being in community is huge. And for men, it's even, it's even bigger. As I said before, men are expected to act a certain way. And being in community with one another, in the sense of being in community in a church, and coming together and, and sharing, and being vulnerable, and being in the Word, that's just not what it is, right? Let's go out and watch sports, right? Go to the bar and hang out or whatever it is. Go to, and, and all that stuff is great, okay? I'm not saying don't be in community with friends and others, but being together is what's important. Being together as Christians, as believers. Sorry. There are so many issues I could, I could keep going, believe me. There are so many issues we need to have our armor on. Slander. Hatred. Dissension. Cheating. And more and more and more. The list goes on and on. But God did lay one on my heart that I just want to stop for a minute and just talk about. Because I think it is, it is something that is you know, tearing apart the fabric of society. And again, we could probably spend an entire sermon series on this. And that's the issue of pornography, right? Something that's becoming easier and easier and easier to access. Not just for men, but for women. Not just for adults, but for our teens and our youth, right? So fathers, parents, right? Let's be aware. Let's be strong, right? We talk about our enemy prowling around. Well, how, <laughs> that's an easy way for him to prowl around, right? Because... Man, this thing just sits in my pocket all day. And it's an easy gateway to anything that I want if I want it. Right? If left unchecked. Be careful of eyes, what you see. For our youth, you know, my own, my own son, my own daughters, you know, this is a, a, a big problem. And so I encourage you, right? If you ever start down that road, don't ever feel shame. Because most people do. Most people feel it, it's, it's a dark secret. It's, it's, a, it's a hidden uh, sickness. Don't feel shame. Bring it to light. Let somebody know. Help, we, we can help you. 
pray over you, support you, right? So, again, I said I could talk a lot about that, and as I said, that's not the only sin. Hatred, slander, gossip, all those things, anything you're struggling with, we're here to help. And that's what I was talking about, being in community, being able to share. I'm struggling with this. Let people know. Bring it to light. Bring it to light. Not only is you can defend, but now you're on the offensive, right? How's your prayer life? What's the focus of your prayer? Are you praying just for you? Are you praying for protection for your family, for yourself? Let's make sure we're in prayer. And how often are you reading God's Word? If we're going to fully be putting on that armor, then we need our sword. We need it. All the other armors to protect us. But the Word of God gives us the power to overcome our enemy, to fight back and resist temptation. We just finished, you heard me say it earlier, we just finished a series on plain hurt, which I, would, again, would encourage you to go back and listen to. As we head into the season of healing, and that was one of the whole sermons, heading into a season of healing, let's focus on being in community with one another and building one another up. Let's make sure that we're daily putting on our armor to defend our enemy and his schemes. If you received the emails from Hope, uh, an email's going, oh, it went out. Wow. I talk a long time. Um, it's warm in here too. I'm sorry about that. Um, if you receive those emails, um, I have an email that's been sent out to you. Um, and it's just, it's a prayer. I'm actually going to pray it with you in just a moment here to finish things up. But it's a prayer that Karen and I pray, uh, that we pray weekly. Um, it's from a book by John Eldridge. Um, and I want to challenge you. I don't care if you're married single, youth, whatever. I'd challenge you to read this prayer at least once a week. Honestly, you know, we probably need to be reading it more frequently. But it's just a good reminder, all right, of putting on that armor, all right, what God, what God does and why we put on that armor, okay? So to that end, I'd like to pray for us. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Lord, I put on the belt of truth. I choose a lifestyle of honesty and integrity. Show me the truths I so desperately need today. Expose the lies I'm not even aware that I'm believing. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And yes, Lord, I wear your righteousness today against all condemnation and corruption. Fit me with your holiness and purity. Defend me from all assaults against my heart. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Do choose to live for the gospel at any moment. Show me where the larger story is unfolding and keep me from being so lax that I think the most important thing today is the soap opera of this world. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Jesus, I lift against every lie and every assault the confidence that you are good and that you have good in store for me. Nothing is coming today that can overcome me because you are with me. Take the helmet of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for my salvation. I receive it in a new and fresh way from you, and I declare that nothing can separate me now from the love of Christ and the place I shall ever have in your kingdom. 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Holy Spirit, show me specifically today the truth of the Word of God that I will need to counter the assaults and the snares of the enemy. Bring them to mind throughout the day. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Finally, Holy Spirit, I agree to walk in step with you in everything, in all prayer, as my spirit communes with you throughout the day. Amen.